0: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here we go. We're talking about the
1: biggest questions going into Astros spring training. Uh, Gets going here in just over a couple of weeks. Two weeks, two days before pitchers and catchers report. And... We were talking a lot about the center field position, Jake Myers. Um, I feel like one of the biggest questions, PC, that I had really since he'd gotten hired, and it's because how strong this dude had come out, Dana Brown, their general manager. From day one, he told us how aggressive of a guy that he was naturally, how aggressive that he needed to be. And, you know, we kind of put the puzzle pieces together together. Some of the stories that had leaked, you know, shortly before Jim Crane and James Click, their former GM, had kind of parted ways, and uh, Crane was going to move on. It was well, you know what, the two don't vibe. Click was too passive, not aggressive enough uh, for Crane's liking, and so hey, you know what, Jim Crane's got his dude, has a guy that he can trust. And the very one of the very first things that Jim Crane does with Dana Brown in house is he goes out and makes another deal for Justin Verlander. And we're like, mm, well, okay. Dana Brown's got to prove something. He's got to show us something to 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 kind of give us a taste of what we could expect from our general manager. I feel like he did that this past week in getting Josh Hader in-house in an Astros uniform, five years, 95 million bucks, when he already had Ryan Presley, and somebody that I feel like you felt as good about as you could anybody because he's been nails in the postseason was again this last year for the Astros. Now you're just embarrassingly good again in the back of the bullpen. I get Dotel, Lidge, and Wagner vibes. You know, that's kind of what I go back to. As dominant as those three guys Yo, were. Yo, they're the nasty boys. Yeah, man. For, remember, I mean, it was it was a kind of a flash in the pan feel. But you had those guys for a couple to three years, I feel like, back in the day. And it was awesome. I don't know how long you can keep this core 3 have 789 sewed up for the Astros with Abreu and Presley
2: and Hater presumably. Here is, but. I mean, look. The Presley, Abreu and Hater back end mm-hmm. is is the most badass bullpen that has existed in baseball this millennium. You have three absolute freaking lockdown guys and it's something that, you know, back in on like November 9th, I had Put out on Twitter my you know how I wanted the Astros like what, what I put together for they, what should be their off season plan. We knew they weren't going to go out and spend like super like high like they weren't going to go out and get the Shohei Ohtanis even though that would have been so badass. Uh, they <laughs> yeah. weren't going to make a trade for Juan Soto. Like, they, yeah. they weren't going to go sign Blake Snell. Like, they weren't going to do those things. Um, but you look at the pitching that you have outside of Verlander and Valdez you got a bunch of five-inning pitchers.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, occasionally, some of those guys might get to six. But for the most part, you got a bunch of five-inning pitchers. Yeah. Well, if you can shorten the game to six innings, because seven, eight, nine, you're on absolute freaking lockdown, that makes life a lot easier in trying to match. Because, look, JV and Fromber, they're always giving you six. Mm-hmm. But Javier and Arcady and J.P. France and Hunter Brown, those guys more often than not, you know, five, five and a third, you're not quite getting through six. Well, if seven, eight, nine are on lockdown, that means you can be pretty judicious about how you're going to handle just that one extra inning. Maybe if your starters only pumping, you know, hey, I might only get four out of them. I've only got to fill, I've only got to fill two innings before I get to my bosses, the back yeah. of the pen. And look, last year, the Astros got a lot of work out of Hector Naris, out of Phil Maton, who was really good last year, out of Ryan Stanick. That's a lot of innings that you got to fill. And Josh Hader's not going to fill if, all those. If innings. you
1: include Kendall Graveman in that, which he was only here for 22, 23 ball games, that's more than 200 innings that you have
2: to replace. It's half your pen. Yeah. It's half your pen. And right now, like, the back end of their pen is is boss. And maybe Rafael Montero, who, look, first half of last year was unpitchable. Mm-hmm. Second half of the year, a lot more he had easier to deal with. Like yeah. he, 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 was, he was okay. He had some really good moments, but for the most part, he was okay. Well, if that Rafael Montero is pitching the sixth and not the eighth, yeah. probably live with that. Problem is after those four guys, right? Because you expect they're going to go with the six-man rotation again. Justin Verland is like 42 years old. You, mm-hmm. you, you need that. I don't care how much he bitches he wants to bowl every fifth day. They're going to play, what, twenty games in, 28 games in 30 days to start the 30, season?
1: 38 games in the first 40 days of the yeah, season.
2: Yeah, so you're, you're, you're not running Gotta him every it. fifth day. You're going six-man rotation.
1: Exactly, yeah. Who
2: are going to be, you know, those other three arms – in the pen because Seth Martinez has horrible splits. Um take a, a, a Ronald Blanco still walks the ballpark. Forrest Whitley, I, I don't care what Dana says about Forrest Whitley, he's gonna be the guy. Forrest Whitley last year had a 5'7 ERA in 30 innings at AAA because that's all he got before his arm blew up. The year before. He had a thirteen and a half ERA in rookie ball. Yeah. He pitched to a seven ERA at Sugar Land. This guy, ha- and look, I feel for Forrest Whitley because once upon a time he was a top ten overall prospect in all of baseball. And the problem is he's six foot seven, and now he's probably two hundred and fifty pounds. This is a guy who, because he's so tall. His body is filled out a little bit more each year. Mm-hmm. And the Astros were constantly tweaking his rotation. Every year, they changed this kid's rotation. It's little wonder why he's had so many injuries. Changed his, they changed his delivery every damn year. Yeah, He's never had the chance to go one year to the next and repeat the same delivery. Which I can't imagine why his control's not that
1: great. Yeah. I mean, that that's got to be such a difficult thing to kind of, you know, meander through because you take a guy so young and his body he's gone through a complete body transformation as you talked about I mean he's grown up you know height wise width wise and so if you're the Astros who you should trust developmentally to get it right more times than not with these young guys and they have you're gonna miss sometimes it's It's very difficult. You know, look, he's had his own issues, man. It hadn't just been about performance. It's been, you know, other things, whether it be between the years, whether it be PEDs, suspensions, you know, these things have all gotten in the way of his development. I mean, you're right. What you're saying, you can't argue with the constant tweaking. But if you're seeing a guy that is growing up so much and is different every year he reports, you know, at some point, yeah, you should let a guy just go and and be him and get a give him a chance to be
2: comfortable in his own skin. He's also a guy that lost two years of baseball between injury, COVID, suspension. He didn't pitch in 2020. Yeah. He didn't pitch in 2021. Right? right. He went from age twenty-one to age twenty-four between pitches. Crazy. Those are two very key developmental years Mm -hmm. that he lost he's really tall he's you know you you consider the fact that you know guys that big tend to you know sometimes they take a little longer to develop because when guys are that big their mechanics can get a little wonky exactly but he's going to be 26 this year Mm -hmm. he's never healthy all right you look back here let me let me give you some scary freaking stuff
0: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Last year, he pitched 30 innings.
2: In 2022, he pitched 40 innings. In 2020, 2019, because that was the last time he had pitched before that, he threw 59 and two-thirds innings. In 2018, he threw... A total of 52 and a third. In 2017, that was his career high, 92 and a third. Yeah. He hasn't pitched.
1: Yeah. Just pitched. There's a reason why Dana Brown and the Astros are talking about this guy being a bullpen arm and not a starter anymore because of the lack of workload. I mean, he's going to be 26 years old, and you're going to ramp up to what? 28? (laughs) And, like, the clock is – this is the biggest year of his professional career. It's make-or-break time for Forrest Whitley. And so you mentioned that, and the guys that the Astros are not going to have back in their pen, you talked about Renel Blanco, Seth Martinez, Brandon Belak, Matt Gage we saw a little bit last year, Bennett Souza, Parker Mashinsky. You're going to have to figure out, like, 200 innings between that and Spencer Arragetti's a guy that maybe should contribute this year. Dana Brown talked about him a couple of weeks ago didn't even mention Forrest Whitley, okay? There's your first indicator. If you believe Spencer Arigetti is going to be a part of this team at this point in time and doesn't even mention Forrest Whitley, that should tell you
2: everything you need to know. Spencer Arrighetti is a guy that I got to see multiple times last year. And even though the ERA was a little high, it was like the mid-fours at Sugar Land, uh, you got to keep in mind, the Space Cowboys were awful. Like, I mean, they were awful mm-hmm. last year. But his stuff, stuff is real. Yeah, And, you know, I, I'm very good friends uh, with uh, Gerald Sanchez, who is one of the broadcasters yeah, yeah. for the Space Cowboys. Gerald's Gerald and awesome. I go back a long, long time. And I talk to Gerald about him a lot. And he's like, he's got the right makeup. He's got the right stuff. He need a little refining. But he's a guy that, you know... He's he was twenty, you know. He's gonna be twenty four this year. That's usually a good step up type year for a guy like that. I have a lot more confidence mm-hmm. in a Spencer Arigetti coming up and say being a swingman on this team, where maybe he gets some tandem work with a guy like a Hunter Brown or a Jose Urquidy, where maybe all right, you get four innings out of that guy. You get three innings out of Arrigetti. Maybe he's a guy you can use uh, as a multi-inning weapon out of the pen. You give him two innings here. You give him two innings three days later. Yeah. I have a lot more faith in Spencer Arrigetti making an impact on this team than I do in Forrest Whitley making an impact on this team. Now, a lot of that is Forrest inability ability to stay healthy. But as far as, look, guy who's had success. Well, you know what? Spencer Arghetti's has had a lot more success recently. Sure. And he's pitched a lot more innings through 124 and two-thirds innings last mm-hmm. year, he's had a lot more durability and a lot more reps than Forrest Whitley has had. I would tell you Spencer Arrighetti farther along right now uh, than than Forrest Whitley, and I think he is a guy who could uh, make it maybe not necessarily right out of camp not to start the season, but I think as soon as there's an injury, I think Spencer Arrighetti... If, for example, if they're in a six-man rotation Mm -hmm. and Jose Arquidi's shoulder decides to get cranky again, I think Spencer Arrigetti would be the guy who gets called up and put into that spot.
1: Yeah, that's going to be something to watch, man. I mean, you talk about Jose Arquidi. Something to consider too. Look, the Astros at some point in time, probably not till June, July, August. You know, I'll give a three-month block there because I'm not sure. Like, I think Lance McCullers was on a 12 to 13-month plan. Once he had his uh, flexor tendon cleaned up and that whole thing uh, this past May or June, it was. I can't remember. It was one of those. But they were back-to-back, Luis Garcia and Lance McCullers. You're going to get those guys back at some point, right around the trade deadline, as expected this year. Hopefully. Hopefully. What they contribute, who knows. But if you could get a really good version of Spencer Arrighetti in a pinch at some point, awesome. If you could get... A guy like Dylan Coleman, who the Astros got from the Royals in a trade last month, um, awesome. If JP France, by the way, can pitch the way that he did when he'd first come up with the Astros last year, awesome. Hunter yeah. Brown, same thing. Like this could be good, but there's so many ifs attached to these guys, and a couple of these players that we're talking about, they're probably gonna be penciled in as starters to start the season in a six man rotation. You still have to be able to get these guys deeper into ball games. And if you can't, and because you can't pitch these guys every single day, the back end of your bullpen, Presley, Abreu, Montero, Nader, you got to get contributions out of everybody we just talked about in that fifth, sixth, seventh inning, giving guys days off. Montero's going to be asked. He's going to have to pitch in higher levered situations to start this season than he'd finished last season, and it shouldn't be like heart attack city when he comes out to the mound too.
2: You know, I think with Montero, because he's not going to be asked to pitch high leverage late inning, he might have to come in and stop leading in the fifth. But big difference between pitching a fifth and pitching the eighth. Well, I'm just
1: talking about giving guys a break, too. You know, those
2: opportunities might arise where
1: he's a seventh and eighth inning guy.
2: Well, I think seventh inning, yes. I don't think he needs to pitch the eighth inning. Maybe not, yeah. Even if, whichever, look, when it comes to Presley, right? Presley, you know, there's times in the season, all right, his shoulder gets a little cranky, he needs a couple weeks off. You know, his knee gets a little cranky, he needs a couple weeks off. Uh, He doesn't necessarily pitch uh, a lot of back to backs. He's not going to go, you know, three times in four days. You know, Hater's going to, him and Hader, I think, are going to split. Uh, I think it's possible that they kind of split the closer duties. Now, maybe as part of the deal they gave Hader, Hader now is going to get the majority of those as opposed to Presley getting the majority of those. But look, when it comes to closers over the last several years, since Ryan Presley became a full-time closer, he's one of the best in baseball. And since that time in the postseason, Ryan Presley is the best in baseball. Mm-hmm. Locked down in the postseason. That's not a knock on Josh Hader. That is absolutely flowers on Ryan Presley, who is nothing but nails. Uh, up between those three guys, if one guy is not available, you know, then whichever guy between Presley and Hader isn't available, that guy becomes the ninth-inning guy, and Brave just moves up back into the eighth inning. Maybe Montero gets the seventh. But I don't mm-hmm. think we're going to see Montero pitching – Later than the seventh inning, maybe more than once or twice, all year. You know, you mentioned about the guys coming back, right, Lance and and, and Garcia. If those guys can come back sometime between July and August, mm-hmm. and now they're into the rotation and they can at least give you four, or five innings to start, that lets you put JP France in the pen. That's a guy who can be a spot starter, can be a multi-inning guy who could come in and just give you a strong inning that lets you put Jose Urquidy in the pen. If you then add Urquidy and France to the bullpen with the four guys we talked about, that pen goes from suspect, you know, that those that underbelly of the pen being suspect, and look, most teams, underbelly of the pen is suspect, to that's the best pen in baseball. Yeah. Uh, they have the there. best it's- back end, but the underbelly, those middle innings, is real soft. You get to move J.P. France, who threw a career high in innings last year. Remember, J.P. France threw 155-plus innings last year. He never thrown more than 114. He was flat-out gassed Mm -hmm. at the end of the year. Urquidy, every year, that that shoulder, uh, look, for the last three seasons, that shoulder has been a major question mark. Uh, I feel like it's a matter of time before he winds up having surgery. It sucks. It is what it is. Pitchers get hurt but you don't have the same shoulder injury three times in 24 months and there's not something going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe pitching Arcadia out of the pen, maybe that stretches him for another year, maybe it doesn't. But they're going to have reinforcements come, but you got to make it to the deadline. You can't be 10 out on July 5th. Yep. So, you know, there's, there's a balance there that they're trying to walk between the the reinforcements they know are coming and how they get there. Plus, you never know, guys have setbacks. Yeah, yeah. Especially guys whose names rhyme with Schmants. Yeah. They, they have setbacks. You
1: got to be able to plan for those too. Be prepared for them anyway.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?